The theme of uh, our church this year has been these two words, by faith. Uh, Hebrews 11, which has been the uh, sort of the cornerstone of this year, defines faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And it's a reminder that you actually don't need faith if you can see it. You don't need faith if you can do it yourself. If you can do it yourself, you just need to try harder, right? But faith, you you need faith when you cannot see what is before you. The kingdom of God and God himself, without faith, we cannot obtain. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And just, if we, just think about it logically. If you don't believe there's a God, then you can never go to him. doesn't matter what you do. right? If you don't believe that God exists, then nothing you do can actually take you to him. In the last few months, we've been in a series titled People of Faith. And we've been looking at different characters in the Bible that exampled great faith. From Abraham, who was asked to sacrifice his own son. To David, who defeated Goliath. To Daniel, who was saved from the den of lions. To a group of people that we don't even know their names. And ultimately, they weren't even saved. But they held on to faith because of something greater, which was God himself. And today, we're going to finish this series, and we're going to finish it with who Jesus tells us will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Who will be the greatest? And Jesus says, if you do not receive the kingdom of God like this person, you will never enter it. Today, we're going to talk about children. Um. One of my greatest blessings and burdens is the fact that I have children, many, many children. Um, I went to a camp and they introduced me. This is now my introduction. Hi, this is Steve. He's the pastor at, at um, a church in Berwood. Do you know he has five children? It's like there's nothing else that I've done in my life except for produce five children, right? One of the things I love about kids Oh, there's one of them. I've got to be careful. I forgot he's here. Jokes. You're not a kid. 16. I keep bugging him these days. Are you getting a job? Can you even go get a job? Anyway. One of the funniest things about children is how much they trust and how much faith they have um, and how simple it is, how simple life is. You know, children are uncomplicated and they're believing of everything. Parents are the greatest liars in the world. In the world. The lies that we tell our children. My goodness me. One day I'm going to have to stand before God and say, God, I am a dirty liar. Right? Here are some lies. I googled it. Top 10 lies that parents have told their children. I don't have all 10, but... Some of these are like downright ridiculous, right? And I would never do that to my kids. But I'm telling you, some of them you got told, and as a parent, you've probably told. This one's a funny one. Chocolate milk comes from brown cows. All right? Here's the funniest part, right? And and sorry to our American viewers, but 7% of all of America believes this, right? 
Uh, Santa Claus actually knows uh, if you've been naughty or nice, or even like Santa Claus exists, right? Now that's, you know. Um, sitting too close to the TV will cause eye damage. Um, my mum told me this. Uh, my mum then told my kids this and, and went even further and said that if you watch too closely, your eyes will become black. Like you have black strips. And, and my mum went even further. She photoshopped a photo of one of my kids with black eyes, right? And she was like, oh, I was like, that's so much damage to them. Swim too soon after eating and you'll cramp up and, dry, and drown. Um, my mum told me this. Right? Anyone heard this right? You have to wait 20 minutes, 30 minutes before you go into the water? Wrong. You can go straight in, right? There's more people that cramp and drown because you're overweight than that you've eaten beforehand, right? This is the best one. The toy store, the candy store, the shops are closed, right? <laughs> Biggest lie ever, right? We tell our kids all the time because they always want to go. And we're like, but it's close. Sometimes we drive past it and it's open. And the kids go, it's open. I go, no, 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 it's closed. It's a... Here's one. You are the most talented kid in the world. My mum, next, next level, you can be the Prime Minister of Australia, right? Straight out lie. But here's the beauty of children. They believe it. They don't question it. They believe it. So innocent. There's something about the innocence of a child that I believe Jesus knew. And that's why he says, if you want to enter the kingdom, the greatest in the kingdom will be like a child. I overheard a conversation and someone was sharing at camp, you know, I'm still so young. You know, I feel like I'm a baby Christian. As if like that was something that was negative. And yet when we go to scripture, actually to be a baby Christian is exactly what, where we want to be. Mark chapter 10 verse 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, which means furiated. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Let the little children come to me. There's something about childlike faith. There's four things that, that I want to share with you about what it means to be to have childlike faith. The one is this, firstly, awe and wonder. As a child, everything is amazing. Everything is wonderful, even the most simple and basic things. Friends, the way we enter the kingdom of God is to have faith that is continued to be amazed by God and amazed by what He is doing in our world. I don't know if you have good memory, but when you were a, a child, you know, that moment of like, wow, 
right? I still remember when, when this new ice block came out and it was called a lifesaver, right? And it's this little stick ice block and it's got one colour and then if you lick it, then it becomes another colour in the middle and then you lick it and then it becomes another colour and every time a new colour came out, I was like, how did they do this? What is this magic, right? I don't know how old I was. It might have been like, you know, 24 or something. But, you know, like, you know, I was like, what is this, right? And you, it, it just like every time as a kid, like I was like, and, and you'd lick it to get the new color. And then the next color, next color, right? Amazing. What do you do now as an adult when a new ice block comes out? You turn it around. You go to the nutrition. How many calories does it have? How much sugar does it have? Am I going to die of diabetes? Well, I'm like, if you're already looking at it, you probably are, right? We, we have lost, as adults, we lose the awe and wonder in our lives. Childlike faith sees God for who He is and is amazed. Psalm 65, 8 to 13. This is how we should be taking God. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For So you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless it with crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with, with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Childlike faith can wake up, look at the sun, Look at the weather and say, wow, that's amazing. God, you're amazing. One of the greatest experiences uh, is, is when you, when you are, well, not when I'm pregnant, but when your missus is pregnant, they do an ultrasound. And still to this day, one of the greatest things is when they do an ultrasound of, your, of, of the baby's heart. Now, technology has gotten so good that it actually can show four chambers of the heart, blood pumping in and pumping out. It is phenomenal. I've seen it five times with our kids, right? And every time it brings me to tears because I'm just like, wow, God, this is amazing. It truly is. But imagine after, you know, and, you know, I had five, right? Imagine I had ten and I'm like, eh, heart, do, 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 heart, you know, next, you know. We lose that as we grow up. Sometimes we can go away and have experiences like camp or at prayer meetings and it's just another camp. It's just another Sunday. And we miss the point. We miss the, the, the awe and wonder that God deserves and we fail to recognize how big God is. We need to come back to the simplicity of just being amazed by who God is because that is childlike faith. Secondly, childlike faith is honest. Kids are honest, brutally honest. Uh, I had to call my friend because I needed to clarify this story. But many years ago, I was talking to, uh, talking to a bunch of friends. And he had a daughter who was about five years old. And he was in his room and he was changing and he was changing his shirt. And he was shirtless. 
And, and the daughter goes, Dad, how come your boobies are so big? <laughs> and he was shocked. And he goes, daughter, only women and girls have boobies. And she looked at him and pointed and said, but you have boobies. <laughs> Brutally honest. Kids are honest. And it is brutal, but it's actually quite genuine and quite authentic and real. You know, kids, when they're sad, they cry. When they're happy, they smile. They don't know yet how to filter emotions. They don't know how to put on a mask. They don't know how to act appropriately. Oh, so many stories of our kids saying the most inappropriate things. Like the most recent one was like two weeks ago, we're at the playground and this guy, middle age, maybe close to my age, just no hair. It's just the way that God blessed him or didn't bless him, right? Zach, four and a half years old, hey, where's your hair gone? And the guy was so nice, right? He goes, oh, well, I used to have hair and then it's all gone. And Zach's like, where did it go? And I was like, okay, let's have to go now. So honest, so brutal. But what happens when you become an adult? We learn. We learn how to be dishonest. We learn how to put on a mask. We learn how to say the appropriate thing. And even with God, we can go to God and tell God exactly what we think He wants to hear. That's not childlike faith. King David, the one who defeated Goliath, he knew what it meant to be honest with God. Psalm 22, 1 and 2. This is what he says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. That's King David. That is his honest heart to God. David had the ability to express his emotions to God freely and honestly, like a child. But we have been taught, we have been conditioned that we need to come to church, put our church face on. We come and do all the right things, put our hands together when we pray, we put our arms out when we sing. We come and offer, right? We do all the right things. And yet the inside is completely different. But friends, when we go to God, to have childlike faith means to go to God and honest to him, honest to ourselves. God is not concerned about the right face or the right etiquette. God is more concerned about the right heart. He just wants you where you're at. If things are tough, be angry. God can handle that. God can handle you being angry at God. God can handle you swearing at God. God can handle you being disappointed at him or being sad. God can handle your anxiety and worries. God can handle your future. Don't worry. But it's 
take it honestly to him. To take the mask off. To come to him as you are. Because God, he sees you and he knows you. The third thing is the word trust. Or the other word is dependence. Children are fully dependent on their parents. The younger they are, the more dependent they are, the more trusting that they are, even without knowing. You know why? Because they don't know any other way. My two-year-old, he does not question why, you know, where his bed is. He does not question where his food comes from. He does not question why he has clothes or shoes. And yet he does nothing. He does not produce any income. He actually costs money, this kid, right? Like, he brings nothing to the table. He is just completely dependent on his parents for love, shelter, food, and security. And you know what? They don't even question it. But that's what it means to be like a child. Uh, I've told this story before. Many years ago, my daughter, when she was about five or six, we went to the shops. And she, she, she looked at a toy and went, Dad, I want this toy. And I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to teach her about economics. I'm going to start to teach her about the hard ways of life. And so I asked her, that says it's $6. She goes, yeah. I said, do you have $6? I said, do you have money? And she looks at me, fully confused. And I said, do you have money? And she goes, no. I said, well, how are you going to buy this toy for $6? Where is your money? And she goes, you have money. <laughs> right? But you know what? That was spot on. How did she know that I had money? And how did she know I was going to buy it for her? Right? And some parenting podcast will tell you, do not bend and do not buy that toy. Do you know what I did? Of course I bought that toy. <laughs> so cute. So cute at that time. This is how... This is how we're meant to trust God. This is how we're meant to depend on God. The biggest mistake that we have in our relationship with God is as if we need to provide for God. As if we need to grow in our independence and we need to have things worked out in our life. Right? What's interesting is when we, when we first met God, when we don't know anything, when we're a baby Christian, right, we, just, we, we know we just have to depend on Him. There's just no other way. We know how deep we are in our sin. We know how broken our lives are. And so we go to God and we're like, God, you are everything. I have nothing. But the problem is as we grow, as we go to church longer, we learn how to pray we learn how to read the Bible. We learn how to act as a Christian. And what happens is we start to learn from, we start to go from dependence to independence. And we get to a place where we suddenly think, ah, maybe I don't need God in these areas. Maybe I don't need God's help in my life. And yet that, I think, is one of the greatest mistakes that we make. Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks will find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. God never says, ask and you can work hard and you'll get it. 
That doesn't change whether you're a child or an adult. That doesn't change whether you met God yesterday or 10 years ago. That's why childlike faith is so important. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Problem is, as we grow, we start to lean on our own understanding. We start to think that we know God better than God. Can I say, just because you know more does not mean that you have more faith. Just because you've been coming to church longer does not mean you have more faith. Actually, if we really understand what Jesus is saying, Jesus is telling us that it's the children that will inherit the kingdom of God, that we need to be more like them. Jesus never said, children, you need to be like the Pharisees and the scribes. Look how much they know their Bible. Look how much they're committed to the kingdom. Look how much an an influence of what they do for the sake of my church. No, he's telling the Pharisees, hey, you need to be more like these kids. These kids that are completely and wholly dependent on him. Friends, this extra knowledge that we desire, these extra experiences that we've had, what if they are actually not helpful? Sometimes I just think maybe we've got the order wrong. Maybe we're making it too complicated. Someone once said to me, hey, I want to serve in the church, but I don't think I know the Bible very well. And in my head, I was like, well, what would you like to do? I said, what what would you like to do? They said, oh, you know, I would love to welcome people and, 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 you know, make them feel, you know, at home at our church. And I said, that's great. Can you do that now? Like, or do you need to read the whole Bible and then do you think you'll be able to do that? Is it a prerequisite? It's not. We need, to be, we need to go back to that simplicity of learning to wholly and truly trust in God. Parents, those that are married, those that are in business, those that have jobs, those that breathe, which is everyone, we need to learn. We need to learn what it means to have that childlike faith to be truly and wholly dependent on God. Because you will learn very quickly. You, it doesn't matter who you are, are not in control of your life. Finally, childlike faith is full of love. As a father, one of my greatest joys is when I come home, knock on the door, and I hear the... I hear the... The... Right? If you didn't get what that was, that was all five of my kids running to the door. One of my greatest joys is my kids running to me. They run to me and they just want to be embraced. They know they will be embraced. For me me to receive them, Because they know. They know I love them. 
I think the younger the children, the faster they run. The older ones are like, <sighs> get off my phone, get off my computer, then I have to go, Sorry, not you, Chris, jokes. It might be Ben, actually. Ben's watching online today. But you know what they don't do? You know what kids don't do? They don't sit there and think about, can I go to God? Can I go to Dad? Can I go to the Father? Right? I knock on the door and the kids aren't sitting there thinking about their lives going, man, I really disobeyed Dad this morning. I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if he's going to love me or not. They don't do that. What do they do? They run. They run. They come and they push doors open. They just barge into, you know, anyone that's had a Zoom meeting with me, 100%, at least one kid, one kid always interrupts it, right? They're not sitting there. They're not sitting there and looking at their schedule going, oh, I wonder what if dad has time for me today. You know, they're not on their calendar going, well, dad's got a meeting from 10 to 11, 11 to 12. Maybe I can squeeze it. Right? They don't care about schedule. They don't care about what you're doing. They don't care about whether they think you're busy or not. Who cares if you're doing a poo on the toilet? Right? Dad! They just run because they know that when they run to their father, their father will embrace them. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. God has always loved us. His love for us has never changed. His love for us is the word unconditional. Meaning that when you're good, he loved you. But when you're not good, he still loves you. Meaning that when you're happy, he loves you. And when you're not happy, he still loves you. Meaning that when you feel close to God, he loves you. And even if you feel far from God, he still loves you. But what happens when we get older? What happens when we get older? We start to question things. And we complicate things. And we start to ask questions like, God, do you love me? God, have I done enough for you to love me? God, have I lived a life that is worthy for you to love me? And we start questioning whether God still loves us, whether God still considers us as his children, whether we need to earn his love. 
But just like a child that is secure in the Father's love, not because of their behavior, but because they are secure in their identity. It's pretty simple. My dad, he loves me. Why? Because he's my dad. Right? It's as simple as that. God loves you because you're his child. Are you a good child or a bad child? doesn't matter. To God, you're his child. And because of that, he loves you. And because of that, we get to run. We get to run to God. In whatever situation we're in, we get to go to him. When we talk about people of faith and we talk about these great heroes of faith and they're an amazing, there's so many more stories of that. I love the fact that when Jesus starts talking about those who are going to inherit the kingdom of God, it's not the heroes. It's the children. It's, it's those that don't even know how to count. It's those that don't know their alphabet. It's those that can't even wipe their own butts. It's those that produce nothing, have no income, can do nothing for the world. And yet Jesus says, if we do not accept the kingdom of God like these, like children, we'll never get it. Friends, We have made things complicated. Children, they're not complicated. Women and men are complicated. Oh, you you all thought, oh, right? (laughs) Children are simple. And it is this simplicity this childlike faith that God welcomes and desires. So let me ask you, is your faith childlike or is it complicated? Did you come back from camp and go, wow, I had a great experience with God and then suddenly like, well, what are the terms and conditions and you start trying to read the fine print? You know, at camp, it was pretty simple. We met God. We felt God's presence. It was great. And then the real world comes back at our work, back at our families, back in our homes. You know, at camp, you know what the best thing about camp is? No one did anything. What did we do? What what did we achieve at camp over the... The weekend, did we, did, did we create something? Did we change the world? No, we sat around eating noodles, right? We, we played games where we tried to smash each other with pool noodles without hurting each other. Like, what did we achieve? What achievement or performance did we bring? Nothing. And yet, can I tell you, God was so pleased. God was so pleased. But it is hard when we come to reality. It is hard when we come back to our schools, our workplaces, and our families. 
But the reminder for us is this. God, God is asking us to be like children. God is asking us to approach him with childlike faith. Which means you don't need to God, you need you don't need to go to God with any resume. You don't need to go to God with, with a list to show him what you did and didn't do. You don't need to go to God with, with a doctor's certificate and say, I'm I'm all healthy. If we truly understand who God is and who we are, then we just need to run and trust that God will look after us. Child-like faith. Let's pray.